Edification Church. We thank God for each and every one who has joined us online. We recognize that the weather is such that people have had to make decisions um, around their um, safety and welfare and their ability to get here in the house of God. And so we want to definitely welcome um, our members, our friends, and our partners who uh, have not gotten out to a live service. Uh, we have uh, um, a, a smaller group, a remnant in the house of God, and we are certainly excited for each and every one of them, but we're certainly glad that you're here to worship with us as well. If you are a member of Destiny Generation Church or a friend or a partner, we're asking you to consider sowing a seed into the word of God. Help us to continue to, to move this on, um, to help us to continue to just do the things that God has called us to do. And we want you to sow into the word today. We're going to continue on with our series, Destined, Destined to Increase. That there, it is part of God's destiny assignment for you um, to increase um, in, in your life and in every area of your life. And so you'll hear us minister on that. Amen. But please continue to, to partner with us in faith and to sow into the word of God as we minister today. Amen. Praise the Lord. So our objectives for this series, um, we have four objectives. Number one, to encourage you to pray, plan, and prepare for a 2018 in which you are destined to increase to be the best that God has for you. So we believe that, that God has a future for you, and this is your year to walk in that increase that God has for you. Number two, to sensitize you to the necessity of spiritual sensitivity and prophetic patterns as the baseline for personal planning. So um, if you had a senior spiritual supernatural sovereign partner and he was going to go in business with you, how would that change your business plan? I'm just saying God's in this thing with me. So I plan bigger. I prepare more. There's stuff that I don't know how to work out, but I still plan that God's going to work it out. And then somewhere his super is going to interrupt my natural and I'm still going to get to the destiny that God has for me. That's what the women did when they were walking to the, to the tomb of Jesus to anoint his body. They said, who's going to move the stone away from us? And even though they didn't know where the stone and how it was going to move, they still kept moving. They did what they could do, believing that God was going to do the stuff that they didn't even know how it would get done. And so that's what we mean when we say that we have these have spiritual sensitivity and prophetic patterns as a baseline for personal planning. Number three, to reemphasize the purpose of prayer and planning, which is the ability to act on time with purpose in line with the will of God in such a way as to maximize your life and kingdom contribution along the destiny path. And then four, to prepare us to properly respond to, to opportunities to increase through internalizing prophetic impressions, connections, characteristics, empowerments, and outcomes related to your destiny. So let me just give you an example. This, this week, um, for those that are friends of mine online or follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you'll see that I took some pictures with Hill Harper. Um, for those that know who Hill Harper is, a very popular actor, please look him up or look on Facebook. And... Um, and you'll, uh, you would recognize his face. Uh, he's an African-American actor, very popular um, guy. I mean, I didn't realize that the dude was as smart as he was, you know, because most people act. But this dude is a Harvard-trained lawyer. He was in law school with Barack Obama. I was like, chill. 
I was reading his bio. I was like, oh, for real, for real? You like that? Oh, you know, nothing wrong if he was, quote, unquote, just an actor. But, I mean, he's he's not just an actor. And so um, the member of my team who comes here, um, Elder George Watson, was the guy that was getting him all around and doing all of the stuff because he came for the General Motors African Ancestry Network event. And so when the event was over and he had made a speech, he had made an appeal about wanting to do something about the water crisis in Flint. And so they had somebody there. And so I was going to, to, to talk to her. And then George kept calling me. Well, if you call me, I'm running. Because, you know, the blessings will overtake you. But sometimes you got to help them out. And so he kept pulling me out. And so he walking me through. And I'm walking. I'm going all around. And then he walking me. He said, he said, Hill wants to talk to you. Oh, he wants to talk to me. Well, praise the Lord. Here, I'm here to be talked to. He wants to come to your church. Oh, he wants to come to my church? Oh, yeah, he can come to my church in Jesus' name. And um, so next week, you, you'll see, and we'll have the announcements at the end, that, um, that there will be a, a, town, a town hall that is being held at another church. But before he goes there, he wants to come by Destiny Generation Church. Because I'm sensitive to connections that might help us achieve destiny. And I want you to be sensitive, too, because sometimes there's stuff that happens, and then we be thinking in a moment, man, that might have been God. You praying for it. I mean, just be looking. That's all I'm saying. Be sensitive that there are connections that God will use to move you towards your destiny. So that's just the connections. I'm getting prophetic impressions. God told me something after I did the thing that I did for Lady Nedra. I had a party, y'all. I had a party for my wife. Lord, I spent some cash. I spent some good cold card cash. Yes, I did. Because the Bible says uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So it's good for a husband to spend money on his wife. Don't get mad at me. You know, don't be cheap. Don't be cheap. Spend money on your wife. Pastor David, I can't spend the kind of money you can spend. Spend the kind of money you can spend. I didn't say break your bank. All right, that's my Tuesday message. You come back for Tuesday. I'm talking about relationships. I was getting into my Tuesday message. But I'm telling you, the Lord told me, he said, I'm so pleased about how you honored the wife I gave you. I'm going to move you, her, and your church into a whole new spiritual season. Okay, all I'm saying is that was a prophetic impression. I didn't know why I needed to go big. I just knew, you know, honey like big, so I needed to do it. But I felt God was telling me I needed to do it too. And so sometimes you'll move on stuff that God's telling you, and on the other side of obedience, he'll tell you stuff he didn't tell you before you obeyed. And so you got to know that there's times you just have to step into the thing that God is showing you and then trust that he's going to give you more information on the way because his word is a lamp to your feet and then it becomes a light to your path. You learn more on the way than you know at the start. All right. Genesis 1, 26 through 29 has been our core scripture for this, this portion of this series. And it says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion 
over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And I always like to say, including that creep, the devil. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God says, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. All right? So we've talked about the fact that, um, and this is the review portion, that our theme for 2018 is that we're destined for increase and that we are beginning the year focusing on birthing, birthing that destiny. And the first part of, of us birthing the destiny that we're destined for is we got to get the destiny mindset. God can have an increase for you, but your mind can't receive it. And so we're giving you certain things to make sure you understand that you have the right internal picture of yourself so that you can believe that God can give increase to you. Because if you don't have the right picture, you'll believe he can do it for other people, but he can't somehow work it out in my situation. And what I want you to know is not just increase for Pastor David, Lady Nedra, for Apostle, or somebody else that you consider a super saint. That increase got your name on it. All right? So we've given you these eight key understandings of increased consciousness. Talked about this for two weeks, so I'm going to go through this one real quickly. Eight key understandings for the increased consciousness from Genesis 1. Number one, God is a God of purpose. And we gave you the definition of purpose. We said purpose is the preordained underlying reason prompting origination sent from eternity. Then we said God, number two, expresses purpose in pictures called vision. Vision is the picture of purpose, all right? Number three, God speaks out the picture of purpose, and he creates what he saw in the picture. Let there be light. He didn't talk to the darkness about the darkness. He talked to the darkness about the light that was on the inside of him. But before it became light on the outside, it started out as a picture of light on the inside. Right? That's an important point. Number four, when God created, when God went through creation, he created based on the pictures he saw within himself. But number five, when God came to man, he himself was the picture. God said, I'm going to make man in my image after my likeness. And so we dealt with image because you cannot live above the picture that you hold of yourself within yourself. If you picture yourself as a failure, you will snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. God can set up success, but you will jack it up because you see yourself as a failure. And so we said that we, we have to deal with that inner image that we, have, that we have going on inside, that inner conversation, how we talk to ourselves, how we see ourselves within ourselves. If you make mistakes and then you call yourself stupid, there's something wrong with the picture that you hold of yourself within yourself. So you got to see how you talk to you about you, right? And you can't let how people talk to you determine how you talk to you about you. And if people are talking to you in a way that is causing you to talk to you about 
you in ways that's not like God, then you open your mouth and then you talk back to that inner voice in your head and you tell that voice what to think. If that inner voice calls you stupid, you open your mouth and tell him, no, I'm not. The wisdom of God's in me. You got to talk. You got to open your mouth because your mouth has authority over the thoughts. All right? Number six, God intended for mankind to have dominion, radas, the Hebrew word, leadership authority over the natural and spiritual environment of the, over the planet. Number seven, God empowered man to function with the power of the blessing. And when we talked about the blessing, we said that the blessing is not blessings. God blessed me with a car, but that's not the blessing. God blessed me with a great marriage, and he did, but that's not the blessing. The blessing is God laying his hands on my head and telling me to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and take dominion. His words cause a spiritual environment to, to envelop my life that causes things that could work for my bad to now work for my good. The blessing is on me. So I walk like I got something on me. Remember, remember um, on Charlie Brown, there was one of the guys that named Pigpen. He had a little cloud. Everywhere he went, there was a little cloud around him. It was a dirt cloud. It was a dust cloud. I, I don't recommend you have one of them. But I want you to understand that the blessing walks around you like a cloud. Yeah. So out of all of the people that was in that thing, why did he want to come to my church? There's a cloud on me. Now, you got to know it and act like it's there. Right? That's part of that image and that likeness to function and to see yourself like God. When I was teaching this last week, I'm going to just make a statement about the image. Jesus is preaching by the side of the water. He had just crossed over um, from having ministered to the madman of Gadara in the tombs. Just crossed over the water, getting out of his boat. Jairus, the high priest, the priest, not the high priest, but Jairus was a, was a, was a spiritual ruler. He was an elder within the church. Jairus comes to Jesus at the edge of the water and said, my daughter is grievously sick. But if you come and lay hands on my daughter, she's going to get healed. Jesus then goes with Jairus through the crowd of people going to her house. Meanwhile, there's a woman on her hands and knees pressing through the crowd. Her physical flow has been going for 12 years, so she shouldn't be out in public. But while she's crawling through a crowd that could crush her by stepping on her, she is saying within herself, based on a picture that she has of herself, that if I just touch the hem of his garment, 
I'm going to be made whole. So she has seen a picture on the inside of herself of her touching Jesus and the flow stopping. Jairus has a picture of Jesus coming and laying his hands on his daughter and his daughter raising up. While Jairus is coming, one of the servants from Jairus' house comes to tell Jesus, or Jairus, don't bother him anymore. Your daughter done went from sick to dead. Leave the master alone. It's too late. Jesus turns to him and said, look, man, don't be afraid. Only believe. Are you going to keep the picture that you had, or are you going to take this other picture? Because pictures fight one another. I'm teaching you something. Pictures fight one another. So there is a picture that he has, and then there's another picture that has come to interrupt his regularly scheduled program. So Jairus has to choose between two pictures, right? Jairus set his mouth and kept believing, and Jesus kept walking. Then the picture that um, the, the woman with the issue of blood happened, that picture actually happened. She touches the hem of his garment, and she gets healed. And Jesus said, somebody touched me. They like Come on, G. Come on, man. All these people, everybody's pressing you through the crowd. A bunch of people's touching you. He said, no, no. I feel that somebody took some power out of me. And I didn't try to give him the power. Somebody took it. Okay? She then tells a story. Then Jesus went on his, his thing. Now, I got a question for you. When you read that story, who do you see yourself as? Do you see yourself as the spiritual leader that's taking Jesus to your child? Do you see yourself as the woman pressing through the crowd? Do you see yourself as the bad news servant, you know, like the bad news bears? The one who's always got the bad news telling you everything that's going wrong. Do you even see yourself as the daughter that's laying there dead waiting for Jesus to say, Talithi kumai, damsel arise? If you see yourself as any one of them, your image is still wrong. You have been predestined to be conformed not into the image of Jairus, not into the image of the woman with the issue of blood, not into the image of the dead baby or the bad news servant. You are predestined to be conformed into the image of God's dear son. God wants you to see yourself as the one walking through the crowd with the hem that people can touch and get healed, not getting down trying to touch something to get healed. These signs shall follow you that believe. In my name, they lay hands on the sick and they recover. 
I've been seeing myself as the one trying to get healed when God's trying to see, get me to see myself the one walking with the blessing that other people connect to to get healed. That's a whole different image. So don't take lightly who you are in Christ, that, that, that there's miracle working power that can work in your life. All right, so that was number seven. I just want you to understand what it means to flow in the image of God and how to walk in the blessing. Number eight, God's final original gift to man was the power, practice, and principle of seed. Seed is the principle that a small thing has a picture of a big thing inside of it. That when that small thing is planted and cultivated, it will produce the big thing with other small things inside them with more big things inside them. Yeah. Because when I sow my seed, if I have an apple seed, I plant it, I get an apple tree with more apples, with more seeds, right? We can see, we can count the number of seeds inside of an apple, but we can't count the number of apples inside a seed. Right? Yeah. We can count the number of seeds inside of an apple, but when that apple seed is planted, we don't know how many more seeds will come out of that. How many more apples will come out of that seed? You follow me? So that seed principle says that there are small with big, with more small and more big things inside of them. So I can't determine at any one time how many actions it'll take for me to move forward, how many seeds that will produce a harvest, that'll produce more seeds, that'll produce more harvest. I just have to take the seed that God has put in front of me right now and then walk it through to the, to what, to the action that God is asking me to take right now because we don't know where it's going to ultimately end up, do we? Because I don't know how many apples are inside my seed. You have the blessing as the empowerment behind your destined increase. But so that you could understand how it manifests, you must understand what I call, watch this, the law of process. The blessing manifests by what I like to call the law of process. What is the law of process? The law of process literally means you just don't go from zero to zillions overnight. That your blessing has stages that it goes through. That it manifests in stages. Even Jesus talked about in Mark 4 that when you sow good seed, it didn't manifest fully grown. He said, first the blade then the ear, after that, the full corn in the ear. Then you have to go back to the place where you had the seed and then get a sickle, because we talk about the law of the seed, but many people don't talk about the law of the sickle, that somebody's got to go back and reap what they've sown when the harvest is fully ripe and fully ready. So there's this law of process. That's what we want to talk about today. Eight increase principles 
eight increase principles in the law of process. All right? So what's that? Number one, God gives the blessing of worldwide kingdom dominion and impact, but it manifests through the law of process. God gave Adam and Eve worldwide dominion, but it didn't manifest overnight. He said, hey, I'm giving you global dominion, but it's going to manifest through this thing called the law of process. This is what people don't get. They think that I can just come in here with my anointed self, and I am anointed and put some oil on them, and then they can go from zero to zillions overnight. God, hey, Pastor David, you was an overnight success. Well, it was a long night. Nah, man, I've been on this roll a long time. Man, your messages are good. This is not the first time I did this message. It seems like everything is all, you don't understand how I, I work the law of process. All right? So let's talk about that. Number two, the, the law of process says, first of all, you must be fruitful. Fruitful means you create positive, desirable results. Because by definition, fruit tastes good. Now, that's a, that's a taste test revelation, but yeah, yeah, fruit, you know, they make me eat my vegetables. Usually, mama never had to make me eat fruit. Okay, I'm just saying, fruit tastes good, all right? Um, you don't go from zero to zillions. You have to be faithful over that which is least to be made ruler over much. Even God wanted man to demonstrate worldwide dominion in the Garden of Eden. In engineering, we call it the law of prototype. You know what a prototype is, right? You know, when the first car comes down the line at the assembly plant, we've been working on that car for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you go to the auto show and... Um, they show, you know, the new trucks. Um, the, the code name for them is the T1XX. If you are, you know, somewhere in a plant somewhere, you might heard the terminology. The old model was the K2, and now we got the T1. And, of course, we put ours out there, you know, uh, for doing their thing. But we said we don't like that aluminum stuff that they're doing. We think ours is better. Yep, we think ours is better in Jesus' name. Don't be mad at me, all you four people. I still love you, but mine's is better in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm just telling you who's taking care of me and my church, so I'm going to just put my plug in in Jesus' name. Paul, so Paul said he magnify his office. I'm going to magnify my office. All right, I ain't mad at you. If you get your blessings out of Dearborn, root for your team, but I got to root for mine in Jesus' name. But by the time it gets to the plant, we spend a long time working on the designs because you never start out in the assembly plant. You always start out in the design studio. And then we have spent so much time working on them, and then we've crafted each and every part and how the parts work together. And at first, we only have virtual models. Then we do clay models, and then we actually put 
the very first cars together, the prototype, the first of many. Now, we can sell, when we get to regular production, we can sell that car for 30, 40, 50, 60, and some of them 70,000. But that first one costs millions because the prototype is expensive. It takes a lot to get that first one right. And the reason we spend so much time making that first one fruitful is because when we get to the multiplication standpoint, all of them got to get right. So we want that first one to bear fruit and be as good as it can be because when we're making them at 60 and, uh, you know, at one a minute, at 60 an hour, we don't have time to do it over. I told people, I said, listen, listen, listen. You know, some people think that, you know, because I'm in an in office, I don't work. Child, please. The software, it's not even a physical part. But the stuff I work on out of the, let's just say, G GM, um, you know, will do, you know, somewhere like 12 to 15 million. So then the software I work on and my team works on is in like 12 million cars a year. If I get one of them wrong, 12, there are 12 million weepings and gnashings of teeth. Listen, I got to make sure that's right. That's not just one plant. That's plants all around the world. So my prototype got to be right. People was asking me, Pastor David, why you got Lady Nedra sitting down writing all these procedures about how we're doing what we're doing? Because we intend to have multiple locations, but my prototype got to get right. The Garden of Eden was God's prototype. Adam was supposed to take that model that was there in Eden and then multiply it till it filled up the whole planet. But because he got the prototype wrong, it never, it never went to multiply to worldwide dominion. So what about you? You got a business idea about what you want to do later. What's your prototype that you're going to do at a small scale right now? Can you do it and prototype now what you want to do on a bigger scale at a later date? Can you bear fruit and produce a positive result consistently? I wanted to make sure that um, I can produce high-quality messages with integrated graphics on a weekly basis. Every week. That it can go down every week. And it, and it don't feel like we lost something because this Sunday, Pastor David at home, lazy. No, there's a certain quality that I want to have of fruit. And then I, I'm working on the quality of our service. And we're working to have it be standardized. It's because we don't have room for the Holy Ghost. No, I understand the law of process. I'm asking God to bear fruit in here and then multiply me to other locations all across mid-Michigan. It's, it's the law of process. It's the principle of prototype. Whatever you want to do, that's how you do it. Because that's how God told man to do it. Be fruitful is the first one.
Number three, next you must multiply. That, must mean, that means you must be able to consistently repeat and replicate your fruitfulness. Whatever fruit you bear, can you do it consistently over time? If they wake me up in the middle of the night, as long as I got my iPad with me and I can get to Dropbox, I can give you a good quality message. Because every message I have stored online that if I had to pull it out right quick and had to do it in a hurry, I could go, bam, and there it is. One time I was in church here, and um, when Apostle was, was still senior pastor, and um, I came here, I didn't come prepared to preach. I thought she was preaching. And so she, she did the offering, and she said, and the next voice you will hear after the message is Pastor David E. Johnson. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Got that Scooby-Doo annoying, uh-oh. Um, and, uh, but I had my iPad, and I had my Dropbox connection. So I connected to the internet, found the message that the Lord, Lord, this caught me by surprise, but it didn't catch you. And so I found that message on my thing. I went through it. I pulled that thing up, and I preached with power, conviction, and passion in Jesus' name. And it was highly anointed, if I say so myself. Why? Because I have to be able to multiply. I must be able to consistently repeat the fruitfulness. I can't have a start-stop salvation, you know, where I sputter out good results one day, but then have a bunch of bad days. See, that's, I know, I know people like it when the line go down. We don't like it when the line go down because when the line starts and stops, cars get bad because people don't remember where they stop and then they, they miss steps. You got to be able to keep that thing moving, baby. You got to be able to keep that repetitive goodness or fruitfulness going over and over and over again. I don't want you to have three good Sundays and two bad ones and five good ones and six bad ones. No, man. Listen, I got that thing down. I said, John, you know, by, by, by uh, Friday, my, you know, used, it used to be that, you know, Sunday night, John will tell you, between Saturday night and Sunday morning, man, God would just drop on a brother. But now that we're trying to do this kind of new video thing, I got to move my cycle earlier. Now I'm telling him, hey, it's Friday. My stuff's up there, man. Just take care of the other bit. I'm good. Now I'm, I'm pushing out ahead because I have to be able to repeat it so that we can multiply locations. So that he can take what I do and make sure that the video, the media is, is there. And then so that we could have a second set of teachers who could come behind me and teach in other locations when it's necessary. But you got to think about that. Don't just think about that in terms of church. Think about that in terms of business. The first time I did that, I didn't do that at church. I got to make sure that software is right. On, on, on the bench that I have because then people are going to start building vehicles by the thousands in multiple plants all around the planet. So I get calls from plants in China. Uh, Detroit, we have a problem. Listen, they like, yo, David, you better handle that. So I got to make sure that I have been fruitful to the, before I start to multiply. You follow me? But everybody's got to follow that same process because that's the law of process for the blessing.
Number four, then you must replenish. Replenish means that you have replicated your fruitfulness to the point that it saturates an area. Yeah, I am so fruitful. I have multiplied so much that now I'm the dominant in market share in my area. Now, that market share may be souls getting saved, or it could be people buying your meals, people buying your cars, right? You have multiplied to the point where you have enough market, a market share, and whatever you believe in God for, that uh, anybody want to buy cars, they got to come by your dealership. Now, think about the law of process and whatever you believe God's called you to do, all right? Five, finally, you must subdue. If you have filled an area with your influence to the overflow, then you can direct what's happening in that area. Yeah. That's where we want to get to. I'm believing God. Me and Bishop Thompson... We're talking about that, and he talked to me about how when I was at his church in Boston back in 87 and 88, how he was just in a theater then. But he, he was very fruitful in what he did and how he did, and then he grew the ministry until it's the largest church, not in Boston, in New England. Yo, when Bishop Thompson was here, y'all, for real, for real, y'all, y'all, listen, y'all better recognize I brought the A-team. I didn't bring no C-squad to y'all. I, I brought the A-team. His church is the largest, not just in Boston, not just in Massachusetts, in all New England. The only place in New England that has bigger church than him, you got to go to New York City. So anything spiritual happened in his city, the mayor wants to know what him and his son think about it. I'm just saying. And what he told me was, David, God wants to raise your church up the same way. That when all of the negative things is happening in Flint, that when somebody wants to say what's, what's good happening here, remember that there's that church, Destiny Generation Church, Yeah. Yeah. Pastor David, why are you spending so much time in your foundations class? Because I want you to get each and every person that's a member of our church so fruitful that if their life multiplied, it would be something good for our church and good for our community. So take that stuff that I'm teaching and that Pastor Butler's teaching in foundations seriously. Take it serious. Because we're trying to get you to the point where the anointing on your life can multiply into other people and those people be changed because they have what God did through you. Six, you now are the one with kingdom dominion. You now are the one with kingdom dominion. If you have been fruitful, if you have multiplied, if you have replenished the earth 
in your area to the point where the multiplication of your fruit has saturated an area, then you can subdue it, meaning you can direct what happens to it. You're the one now walking in kingdom dominion. Do you see how that law of process worked? Okay. So that's what we're looking for. That's what we mean when we talk about us raising up a light of spiritual, social, and economic empowerment that brings transformation to our region. What we are saying is we're going to take the seed of the word of God that he's given us, bear fruit, multiply to the point that we replenish, subdue, direct what happens in our area, and establish kingdom dominion in our space. Whatever business idea you have, you can do the same thing. Listen, I'm trying to do the same thing with my marriage. The fruit that I have in it, the reason I'm teaching on marriage is I'm working to multiply it. I'm trying to do the same thing with our worship ministry. The fruit that we have in it, I'm trying to teach it to the point that it multiplies. I'm doing the same thing in business wisdom. When I'm at work and I'm teaching for, for groups like the Destiny Group, the fruit that God has given in my life, I'm working to multiply it. But I'm working to walk all the way through the law of process until I have dominion. Do you see it? Okay. So think about the law of process and what God has called you to. Think about it. Think about it in your home. Think about it in your family. Think about it in your business. Think about it. Number seven, the kickoff of the entire process begins with seed identification. That's why when God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful, multiply, he said, behold, I have given you these herbs with seed in them. He said, you got to see that the first thing you need to get the ball rolling is the seed. When I talked about it last week, I talked about it, um, one of the, the boys in our congregation, Christian, I reminded him of that story, Jack and the Beanstalk. Mom sent Jack to the store to get some groceries. Somebody sold him some special seeds. They call it the magic beans. I just don't like the term magic beans, so I'm going to call them special seeds. And his mama said, boy, what you doing? And then she threw them out the window, and, of course, they became the great beanstalk and, you know, climbed all up, and then you know the rest of the story. Um, what I want you to know is that whatever seed God has given you is a supernatural, spiritual, special seed. To get to your destined increase, you got to start out with seeing the seeds God has given you now. What seed? Now, I've already made my appeal to people to give an offering. I'm not just talking about 